She reviews episode 31. I've got all kinds of stuff for you guys. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss especially what Marquise Mookie Cook has to say as he comes on his shoes, views to discuss playing for North Coast Blue Chips and getting an opportunity to go play for Strife for Greatness while he's out in Vegas. He's going to talk about playing for Rose City Rebels, talking about his high school decision, talking about so much more that you're not going to miss. Trust me, stay tuned. That's for me. I'm going to let you guys know something. Who in the NBA deserves to have their jerseys retired by an NBA team? I'll let you guys know that. How about this? Who in the NBA do I see making the Hall of Fame or on the border or most likely will make it? I got you guys covered. And how about this? Free agency update? Not a lot of stuff went down, but there were some. And I got some thoughts to say about guys that are still free agents. I have so much, and so much more, of course, in Shoe Zone coming up. You're not going to miss it. Shoes that views episode 31 is something that you're not going to miss. It is something truly special. And don't forget to stay up to date on all things, including my show, The Breakdown, where I break down mixtapes. Most recent episode came out Wednesday or Thursday with Ty Harper. But to stay up to date on all that, folks, go and follow me at Zach Shoemaker on both Twitter and Instagram. And I promise you, you're not going to miss the content and to stay up to date. Point is, Shoes Views episode 31 is on its way, and it's going to be a special one. How's everyone doing today? Hopefully everyone has had a very blessed weekend and you guys are all ready for a great week. Now I'm your host Zach Shoes Shoemaker and I'm at my home in Gilbert, Arizona. And I've got some big time things to hit up on this episode. But before I go any further, I do want to let you guys know something. I do want to talk about something about the tragedies that occurred this past weekend. I do want to offer my condolences of course and my thoughts and prayers to all those in the pain, mourning, and suffering. Obviously what occurred this weekend is something that I cannot physically control, but it's obviously somehow in God's control, in God's hands. And no matter what that may be, everyone, I do know this. There's one thing that we can all do. We can all come together. We can all be the light in the world of darkness. Together, we can all stop this. And that's what I encourage everyone to do. I encourage everyone, if you know someone that knows someone, or if you know someone that is affected by this tragedy, to please reach out. Please make an impact on them, and not just in the ones, and just not just in the two main ones that we heard about this past weekend, but all the things that have occurred in the past from the past week, past eight days, that there's been multiple shootings, multiple. Just ask my condolences. I say everyone goes and asks to make an impact. But whatever it is for the next hour, I do hope to bring joy back into that, and I hope to hit up some topics that you guys all will enjoy, and I guarantee you guys are not going to miss it out because also midway through this episode, Marquise Moot Cook. Has some things to say as it continues to strike for greatness in the North Coast Blue Chip series. But before that, I do want to talk about something. Jersey retirements. It's always something cool, fascinating that people get intrigued by. So who in the NBA right now should have their jersey retired? Well, stay tuned. Let's hop right into it. Alright, so yes, jersey retirements. We always love seeing it. We always love seeing the jersey go up in the banner, go into the rafters. You guys see that beautiful number, whatever it may be for that player. Maybe you're a fan of the player or not, maybe you have respect. Maybe you've seen the guy win multiple championships, multiple all-stars, or just made a great impact. Whatever that, may ca- that case might be, I do want to talk about some of these players. Now, let me tell you guys something. There might be a few guys I miss. And I know that actually there will be some guys I miss. I almost guarantee it. But whatever that may be, I do hope that you guys get the main point. And these are some of the biggest players you're going to see right now that I truly do believe should have the jersey retired. So let's break it down, start from the Eastern Conference with Milwaukee. I do think as of right now, since Giannis did win MVP, he deserves to have his jersey retired, even if he never plays another game in the Milwaukee jersey. Now, Chris Middleton, he'll be on the board. I do think he staying, if he stays at the length of his contract, he will be a part of that 
Same thing with potentially Eric Bledsoe. Let's head over to Toronto now. Kyle Lowry, his is guaranteed right now no matter what. DeMar DeRozan at some point, his jersey will be retired. This one might come as a bit of a shocker. Kawhi Leonard. He played one year off the team, but he did win finals MVP and led his team to win a ring. First one in franchise history, I do think that that qualifies and deserves himself to get his own ring. Or his own jersey retired and go up in the banners forever and ever in Toronto. Another play is Vince Carter. I do think that's going to happen. I, I also do think you might see him come out in Brooklyn, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that's what I got for that. Now, Chris Bosch is on the border. We'll see what goes down there. I'm not, it's hard to compare him when I get to Miami, too. I'll talk about that. Since I don't, he's not really, he kind of is retired, but you know what I mean there. Now, Van Vliet, he might someday become, I don't know. But Stayakum, I guarantee he probably will, especially with him not having a ring there. Depends how long he's staying in Toronto as well. 76ers, I think Joel Embiid is locked in right now. Ben Simmons kind of on the board. I mean, you could say both of them on the board theoretically, but I think both of them, as time will go on, will. Iggy Dollar, I also believe, will get his jersey retired as a member of Philadelphia. Maybe, maybe not, but I think he did a lot of great stuff back when he was there. Now, for Boston, I don't think anyone is locked in yet. Out of players in the league, yes, you got maybe Rondo, maybe, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, Marcus Smart, I think if he stays here a long time, he will. Same thing with Jalen Brown. I think Tatum for sure will. I think it's on the border. Maybe... Could someone like Isaiah Thomas get it? I do not know. We will have to see, but I think that is that, that is a fair point. It is a very fair point. I mean, Isaiah Thomas went off and did, something, did some very special things out there while he was out there in Boston. I mean, we're definitely to see what happens there. It will be interesting. Now, for Orlando, you see Nikola Vucevic. I think he's going to deserve it. He's been there a very long time. He's done great things, and obviously Dwight Howard. I mean, Dwight Howard, he's a star. Whatever way you want to put it, Dwight Howard was a player that led his team to the NBA Finals. I mean, is that much more than you can ask? He's there a long time, obviously, had all the multiple records. Dwight Howard was one of the greatest centers we've ever seen in his prime. Absolutely spectacular. I mean, that, that that's it at the end of the day. Aaron Gordon's on the board. I mean, depends how long he stays there. I personally don't think he'll be too much longer. Do I think he's a very talented player? Yes, but I don't think he fits Orlando plans, as I've said before. We'll definitely get into that and see what happens down the line. Detroit, I believe, Andre Drummond should have jersey retired. He's already done fascinating things in terms of rebounds. Just been truly, truly been spectacular for them. I think as he's continued to build his legacy out there in Detroit. Especially, I mean, you guys know my feelings. Andre Drummond's someone that is very underappreciated. He's one of the best centers in the entire NBA. He's not a modern-day center, I understand that, but he gets rebounds like a madman. He is something spectacular and something special. I don't understand how he doesn't have that higher value. Drummond is someone absolutely he deserves all-star credits. He deserves everything. I think he was a locked-in all-star last year, but somehow he didn't make it. I do not know why. Drummond is a very spectacular player. Another player that Detroit could potentially retire down the line would be Blake Griffin. Do I know? I don't know how long he stayed. I mean, it sounded like the way he was playing this year, the way the team was doing, all that good stuff, that he was going to be a member of Detroit for a very long time. Now, here comes this offseason. Well, I'm not really sure what happened. I mean, people are now saying he's going to be traded at the right price. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't sound like he's going to stay in there too much longer. So, if that's the case, obviously that won't occur. Kemba Walker is locked in Charlotte. Get, his jersey should be retired next season. End of story. Miami Heat, obviously Dwayne Wade, that jersey will be tried. It should probably, it theoretically should already be retired. LeBron James will have his jersey retired. And Chris Bosch will most likely do it. Now, we'll see how Jimmy Butler performs at Miami, but he has the potential of doing that as well. As for Washington, Bradley Beal and John Wall both deserve to have their jerseys put up in the rafters at some point by the end of their careers or after their careers. As for Atlanta, I think you really got to look at the 61 squad. That team was something spectacular. I mean, obviously, Al Horford and Paul Millsap, I think, both should deserve to get their, their jerseys to retire, especially Al Horford. You look at potentially Jeff T, Corver, maybe. I'm not sure, but we'll have to see there. And obviously, down the line, I think 
Trey Young, John Collins, however the rookies pan out in terms of Cameron Reddish and so on, Kevin Hero, how he pans out. We'll see how that patch is on the rest of the line. Chicago Bulls. Derrick Rose is a retired jersey, no doubt. He's a, he won MVP there. Youngest MVP in NBA history. He has some spectacular things there that definitely deserves his jersey to be retired and put up in the banners. Obviously, you look at Jimmy Butler, potentially, we'll see. Lauren Market and Zach Levine, if they keep doing their thing, they'll have also have the jersey down, up there, down the line. As for Cleveland, I don't even want to debate this, but Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, LeBron James, all having their jersey retired. End of story. Now you look at the team, I mean, maybe if they do it, sometimes you see guys like Tony Allen get the jersey retired, so is there a chance that T- Tristan Thompson, Jared Smith, yeah, they're on the border. Obviously, Sexton down the line will be. And now the next one. I'll get into Carmelo Anthony during shoot zone, but Carmelo Anthony, for the New York Knicks, come on. I- I'm not even debating this. If you, guys want, if you guys really want to debate Carmelo Anthony get his jersey retired by the New York, go ahead. The man was actually a monster when he was in New York. Yes, did he lead his team to the NBA Finals or something? No. But he did, did he do a great damage, and does he deserve to have his jersey retired? Absolutely. Obviously, they're a young core that could also portray and become great. Also, NBA players that could have the jersey retired down the line as well. Indiana, Paul George locked in there. Danny Granger, I think he also have a jersey retired down the line. DeMontis Bonus, Oladipo, Turner, so on and so forth. They could down the line. As for Brooklyn, I think the only one is Vince Carter right now and Brooke Lopez. I mean, you can't forget about Brooke Lopez. Obviously, the franchise all-time leading scorer. I mean, he's in something special. Jason Kidd, I don't know if it is or not, but... I mean, you'll see. Joe Johnson, D. Walsh's players that you could consider. Richard Jefferson, a lot of those guys. But I think Vince Carter and Brooke Lopez are both locked in. Obviously, we'll see what Kyrie and Katie do. You got Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen. Yes, D'Angelo did something special, but wasn't to the point of winning a championship like Kawhi was. Now, heading over to the Western Conference, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, all of them are locked in, getting the jersey retired, as we've talked about in Golden State. They've already announced that they will do it. Also, I think Brown Davis, Monte Ellis, Stephen Jackson, all of them should be as well. Denver, no, Jokic, I think, almost has locked it in already. Being one of the best centers you've seen what he's done. I mean, he's been absolutely spectacular. I think he'll continue to build on that legacy. And obviously, Carmelo Anthony will his jersey retire as well there. As for Portland, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, both will remain there for the majority of the career unless they're traded. I think they're both locked in to have the jersey retire. They've been doing some spectacular things for Portland. Have they won a championship? No. But they've got a conference championship. We'll see what Batum... But Tuman's on the board, too. He did some great things in the beginning of the Portland era. Was there for a while, but we'll definitely see. And obviously, whatever Nurkic, if he, however he comes back, we'll see. But he was doing, he was on track for definitely doing it, but he has a lot of work to do to get that done. Houston, James Harden's the only player locked in right now, I can think of. I mean, this is Chris Paul. Yes, Capella, Gordon, but we'll see. Those guys are all on the border. Utah, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, both on the border. I think Rudy Gobert pretty much is locked in right now. Just because all the accolades he's won from the Defensive Player of the Year and so forth. But Gordon Hayward, I don't see why he couldn't either. He's been spectacular for what he did in Utah. Brought him to the level of being recognizable and respected in the league. Then for Oklahoma, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, they're both locked in. I don't think there's any debate there. I think Kevin Durant truly does have a chance of having a jersey retire in three different teams. And obviously Westbrook will see what he does in Houston down the line. Potentially, we'll see. I think you also got to look at Paul George. Could he potentially do it? Ibaka and Steven Adams, all very much so on the border. But there's a chance, right? San Antonio Spurs, Kawhi Leonard should have a jersey retired. I think it will be. He was great. He won Finals MVP there as well. Was there for quite a while, though. Then you look at guys like Danny Green. He might deserve it. Patty Mill, just because he's been there such a long time. And whatever DeRozan, Aldridge can continue to succeed. They get more, a couple year or two more. Maybe they can get that actively done. I mean, for each team, it kind of does vary. What are the bars? What are the standards for each team and their players? And where do they go from there? It really is up to the team. It depends what level of success the team has accomplished. And that's kind of what defines that role. For the Clippers, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul. 
they're all absolutely locked in. I don't think there's any debate there. I mean, how do you debate that? They, they were both spect- all three of them were spectacular, record-breaking kind of careers well, at the time during the Clippers. Now we'll see what PG and Kawhi does as well when they're out here. I think Lou Williams is definitely on the path to having that done. Same with Patrick Beverly. Reddick, maybe. And Marshall Sarah, we'll see how that turns out. Sacramento? I think it's DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, is that debatable? Maybe. But I do believe Boogie did first time there. Not having much support, but still being a great player. I think he did more than deserves it. Obviously, they got a young core. Buddy Heald, Fox, Marvin Bagley, and so forth. It truly does have a chance to have that. Jersey retired on the line, which I think it will occur. LA Lakers, LeBron James, will they have that done? Is it locked in right now? No. But I think it will be after we win the championship this year. As for the next part, though, who else? Pau Gasol? Most definitely. I don't think that's much of a debate there as well. As for Minnesota, Kevin Love definitely has his jersey retired. Wiggins and Cap both deserve it as well. Three three of the all-time leading scorers in Minnesota history. Devinson is spectacular. Ricky Rubio maybe, but I don't think he wasn't too successful in his time there. Memphis, Marcus Saul, Mike Conley, both who have the jersey retired. I think they're already going to have it done pretty quickly. Rudy Gay is another guy. Part of that squad that was really good. The grit and grind team. I would be shocked to see if he doesn't necessarily get it sometime. And Jaron Jackson Jr. Also, I think down the line, he will get that jersey. As for New Orleans, Anthony Davis. And it is debatable. How much did he truly do? Do they weigh the impact of him leaving? We'll see. But someday down the line, will that occur? Possibly. And same thing with Drew Holiday. How many more years does he put in with this team? Maybe he spends for sure another year. Maybe two or three. That jersey will be hanging in that rafter someday. Dallas is obviously Dirk Nowitzki with the potential Luka Kristaps. We'll see what goes down there. Phoenix, Mark Stoudemire. I think his jersey could be potentially down. Down the line, we'll see. And Devin Booker, I think, obviously will have his jersey retired. Along with the likes of Aiton, Ubre, and Bridges. Potentially, we'll see what goes down with the young guys. So that basically wraps it up in terms of the players I see truly getting their jersey retired and hanging in the rafters somewhere down the line. I mean, obviously, more and more will occur as the young players continue to develop, but we'll see. I mean, it's always a special thing when you see the alert saying, this guy getting his jersey retired. Love seeing that. Not, the, not, not too many things much better than that, to be honest. But that's what I got to say, folks. Now, is want to stay tight because I got some big-time things coming up the rest of this episode. How are you? I'd sit right back down because you're not going to miss what's coming up next. And Marquise Mookie Cook comes on to continue his great strife for greatness in the North Coast Blue Chip Series as he's played now for both squads in a short, brief stint with the both teams. As a, obviously we know that Las Vegas were one of the last runs for the North Coast. But what is it to say about that? His high school decision? So much more. You're not going to miss it coming up after this. So stay tuned. You're not going to miss it, folks. Couldn't be more excited than to welcome one of the newest members of the NCBC and also Rose City Rebel star Marquise Mook Cook to the fourth episode of the NCBC and SFG series. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. I'll just get right into it and talk about North Coast. So why did you originally decide to go play for North Coast and how did you kind of get the opportunity to go play with them? Uh, I just thought it was a better for me to showcase my talent. And mm-hmm. uh, Joe, Joe DM me, we started talking just about basketball, family stuff, and I just felt like that was a he's like he's an amazing dude. So I mean he asked me if I wanted to play with him. I was like, Yeah, for sure, you know, start something mm-hmm. new. No doubt. I mean definitely I mean you only were with him a couple of tournaments and all, but you obviously gotta get to know a lot of the team and obviously just talk a little about Coach Joe, but talk a little bit more about some of the guys on the team and how North Coast kinda of plays and just talk a little about that. Uh, I mean, it's a real brotherhood, honestly. Like mm-hmm. when I first joined, it was just mad different, you know, like I felt the love from the beginning when I first joined. Um you know, everybody has each other's backs on and off the court. Someone try to talk down on one another. That doesn't happen, you know. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's real different with this team, you know. Say it's like someone outside of, 
not say someone not on the team try to talk down on somebody. Nah, bro, my my brother good, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like it was just mad different from other teams, you know, it's a real brotherhood. But, no uh, doubt. With Joe, you know, you know, Joe's he's like a kid, but he's a grown you know, he's a kid in a grown man's body. Mm-hmm. So like he's able to like like uh was it close to the word, uh comprehend with us so like he understands mm-hmm. say like we do something wrong he understands our point of view and also he wants us to understand his point of view as a coach and yeah, like no as you know, as like a big bro so mm-hmm. that's why you know that's what i like about him he's easy to talk to cause, i mean he's young it's like he's he he's under like, he's understandable you know what i mean no doubt i mean definitely having that connection i mean all levels i mean you see it at the nba and nfl level too i mean having younger coach to kind of embrace with the players is always big time yeah all right, so talk a little now about some of the best parts about being with North Coast for the few tournaments and a little bit you were with them. Man, it's just honestly the crowd, bro. I mean, I mean, he's, you don't you don't get that at a young age. Like games are packed, like games are sold mm-hmm. out. Like people can't get into the gym no more. You don't mm-hmm. get that at this age. You don't get that like college, honestly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Big state, like this, these games be sold out. Like it's crazy though but like just being able to play with everybody you know like that's like dope about it you know no doubt i mean definitely like seeing all like you said i mean you don't really get that to a college i mean maybe if you make it's like a state championship or something at high school or something the geico or something but yeah that's not that often i mean every game you guys go into it's packed out and the team's going to bring the best game they could possibly play against you guys exactly so talk about your role and how you performed and how you played in the few tournaments uh, fly. I just my role is just do everything: play defense, block shots, score mm-hmm. the basketball, assist. You know, do just honestly do everything all around game. What was like your favorite play you had? Uh, man, when me and BD was on the fast break, and <laughs> BD seen I was running behind him, man, threw it off the glass and I banged it. Mm-hmm. It was mean. That was that was probably the best one, bro. I was mean. You know, BD, yeah. that's that's my lob, bro. Man, this man <laughs> threw me probably like three, four lobs all the tournament. That's my lob, bro, right there. No doubt. I mean, definitely. I mean, there was the first in the first tournament when we went out to Miami and all. I mean, that one when you had the dunk that kind of like gave you guys momentum to go finish off that game and win was huge. And then obviously just developed into where Brandon and all those guys were throwing lobs and it's really just a show in Vegas. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that kind of stood out to you as well? Uh, I'll say I'll say the one from BD was probably the best play. Or uh, when uh, I missed, like I got like probably like five putbacks. I missed all five of them. <laughs> then the team got the ball, like, but me and Amir stayed up. Like, we we trapped real quick. So, like, I missed, my, I missed like five of them. The team got the rebound, and me and Amir was right there. So we trapped the dude, do like bounce pass, and I hit it with my hand. I passed it to Amir because I was gonna go out of bounds, mm-hmm. and Amir ba- ba- bounced it back to me, and I got an M one. Then I remember I like, <laughs> I like shoulder checked the dude like hella hard, and like yelled in his face. <laughs> All right, that, that was probably, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, like, the most, like, intense one because, like, it was a close game, and that just kind of mm-hmm. brought the momentum and changed the whole, whole like, the whole uh, whole momentum of the game. That's awesome. Out of the two tournaments you played in, what would you say would have been your favorite one or why? I would say, honestly, Vegas. I mean, Vegas was mad lit. And we stayed, you know, mm-hmm. we stayed in a nice house. I know it was just mad lit. And it's like we just – we played good the whole tournament, like, Maybe, like, first half, we started off a little slow, but second half, we, like, ride it back, you know, played hard. I feel like we mm-hmm. just – this is probably our, one of our best tournaments. No doubt. So, talk a little more about Vegas. I mean, obviously, you guys – I mean, it was an emotional game, especially for the, a lot of you guys that's been there for a long time. But kind of talk about how you guys played and how it kind of went down and being, like, the last turn on SAS under the name of Blue Chips. Uh, I mean, it turned out real good. I mean, 
you know, it sucks that we're not going to be able to play together next year because obviously we all are not touching states. But I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, we understood that and we took it like a negative and a positive, you know, because we're all, we're all going to yeah. we're we're still be brothers still. We're always, we're always going to be texting. We're always going to be checking up on mm-hmm. each other and making sure everybody's cool. So I feel like, yeah, no doubt. We got we got something good out of this, you know. I mean, definitely like long term, and thankfully with today, like the way media is and all the camps and tournaments there are today. I mean, you guys will probably be seeing each other. I mean, you guys will be seeing each other for the next all high school, college, or not professional, oh, yeah. and so on, which is awesome. Yeah. So talk a little. I mean, you got to play a few games with Striper Greatness this past weekend with Vegas as well. Talk about that and what the experience was with them. And it's different, bro. Just being able to play with players that are. You know, five stars is just different, mm-hmm. like Dior Johnson, Sada, Tez, you know. But, I mean, it's just like playing with North Coast, you know. I still have the same role, still the mm-hmm. same thing, you know. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's real cool, you know. No doubt. So, let's go transition a little bit talking about your Rose City Rebels. So, now, say, how is that team and how is it different from playing with North Coast as opposed to them? I mean, that team, those are my bros, man, you know. I I pretty much see most of them almost every day, Adrian, Chili. You just see mm-hmm. them almost every day. You know, those are my bros. You know, I always still talk to them, too. Uh, I say difference is, um, I don't know, different. I like Blue Chips and Rose City, like two different lifestyles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rose City, just like we known in the city. Um, like not, you know, we're not really known, like, outside of, Oregon that much except like probably Washington and California a little bit but I'll say mm-hmm. North Close you know that's like nationwide you know what I mean like yeah everybody's gonna come watch but when people mm-hmm. see Rebels like they think we're not good until like the game like oh shoot like you know these dudes can ball no one really thinks mm-hmm. Oregon's good honestly everybody kind of sleeps on Oregon I mean I mean you'll see bro Oregon Oregon's different bro no doubt so, say talk a little bit more about the players on the team and kind of how your role is playing with those guys and some of the best players on Rose City. Oh, yeah. Uh, say Jack, say Jack's like Jackson. He's like a knockdown shooter, can get to the basket. He's like, he light skin. He, he, you know, knockdown shooter, get to the basket. He's probably one of the, probably like the highest scoring on the team. And mm-hmm. Adrian, um, he just, he's a bully. He gets every rebound. He's probably like 6'2. But I mean, bro, like, no offense to anything, he can't shoot, but that man can get mm-hmm. to the rim. Like, he, you can back up all the way to the rim, and he'll still get to the rim somehow. He has wiggle. Yeah. Like, he has, like, it's awkward. It's awkward, though. Like, he has, he can dribble, but it's, like, mad awkward. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I say them two. Then Isaiah, he's, he's, uh, he's a knockdown shooter, too, but he's, like, real fundamental. Jab, pull up, one dribble. He loves that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's his automatic. That's his go-to. Have a sleeper off the bench, honestly. And then the Sanborn, that mm-hmm. that boy will come in and just like surprise surprise you every game with something new. Like one game, he'll just be mad wet. He always plays defense. That's what he loves to do. He'll play defense, lock you up. But on offense, I don't know. Some like some games, he'll like just shock you with like making every shot or just get into the basket. He finishes real good too. That's awesome. And talk a little how coach of your team at Rose City and how he performs with you guys and kind of the bond with him. Oh yeah, Cliff, Cliff. Uh, you know, so he's he's a uh, size dad. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been I've been growing up always playing against size. So Cliff always been around. You know, just always he he coached Eastside too. So I mean, and I played with fast and Cliff coached that too. So I mean, he's like a, another father father figure to me. We're like 
traveling somewhere else. You know, he's a real cool dude. Then assistant coaches Pat, he coaches at Jeff, the high school I'm going to. So mm-hmm. the bond with me and him, we already have a bond. So when he gets to high school, it's going to be like clicking back with all my boys from, you know, old times. That's awesome. Let's talk a little about your high school decision. What necessarily went into that and kind of was it a place where you're considering other schools or just kind of like you, just, you knew that was a school to go to? Uh, I was considering going to Sierra Canyon or uh, or prolific prep, but honestly, just decided you know I, my parents are not going to be able to see me play if I go anywhere else. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want them to be able to see me play at least a couple of years, at least one or two years. You know, oh yeah, you know oh, high no. school ball. Honestly, just you know a lot of stuff been happening in the city. One of my big bros just passed away yesterday. Then. One of my my coach's best friend passed away too. So I feel like this is just bigger than basketball for us this year, you know. This is really going out to, you know, the loved ones we lost. No doubt. I mean, right. sorry to hear that. But, I mean, that's definitely something that, that can always drive someone and always that like, God somehow makes the best out of a situation where it puts you in somewhere that you realize the importance of family and how to perform at the next level always as well. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to win state this year. You know, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I mean, also, it's touching up on that, too. I mean, being able to play in-state or, like, close to home is always the best thing, I think. I mean, it's actually really good for, like, guys in the first one or two years to get the high school experience. And then your last two years kind of preparing for the college and so on from playing, like, the traveling teams and prep schools and that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think your role will be on the team this year? Uh, probably the same thing. I say, being, I say probably be more of a scorer and, mm-hmm. you know, feeding our big. So we got Cam Robinson – 20 he's only he's 20 21 one of the best he's probably the best big in the state right now then we got nate kibunge another six six big six seven big can i mean has dumb bounce and his physical so i mean maybe he's super physical um mm-hmm. but i feel like probably just play off of them inside out which will, is gonna work because i mean they're they not selfish either so inside out is gonna work then plus i'm six six so it's going to be a big mismatch. You know, three people that are 6'6 six, six and above is going to be, you know, big mismatch to guard. Mm-hmm, no doubt. So by the time you graduate from high school, rather that be at your school right now or long-term, whatever it might be, what necessarily do you want to have your goals be set up to be like state championships, not how many years, or team year aesthetic? What kind of stuff do you want to be accomplished by the time you graduate? Honestly, I want to at least have four. I want, I want to go four state champs, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. Four state champs, you know, be a McDonald's All-American, eventually, hopefully be on the USA team, at least have like a 3.5 or above, you know, you know I'm trying to have a good grade, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Gatorade play of the year. I think we're going to go to nationals my sophomore, junior, at least be able to contain the nationals, not get like blown out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's big time. Um, yeah. We're going to Hawaii this upcoming year, so wow. try to win Hawaii. So, I mean, we got, we got a lot of big things coming up. I mean, honestly, I just want to. I just, I just want to be, at least be like a top five, a, a top player in my class and, you know, mm-hmm. have Duke, Kentucky, all those big schools that every kid dreams about. No doubt. So let's talk a little more about your college. So you've obviously got some offers now heading into high school and heading into high school. What are some of those offers and talk about how, why they stand out to you? Uh, I have Washington State, probably soon have Washington, uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what else, but those are my. Well, I only have Washington State as of right now, full mm-hmm. offer. Um, but that's um, awesome. yeah, it's just dope, you know, as an eighth grader to get an offer because you know that's what everybody dreams of to get their college paid for. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I'm happy to be able to not have my parents. You know, my parents not pay for college, ain't got to worry about that. 
No doubt. So that's a that's a big like relief off their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So is there a dream offer you've always kind of like grown up saying you want to play for their play for that coach or something? Oh yeah, of course. I uh, always want to play with Coach K, Coach Cal Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, blue blood, blue blood. You know, you feel mm-hmm. me? Uh, those would be dope. But honestly, I mean, it's just the feel, the feel of the team. Like how I'm feeling. Like if I like the culture, you know, if I go, I don't, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to like to a Duke and Kentucky just because of like their name, like because of. You know, Duke, because they're, you know, they're named Duke. You know, they have Coach mm-hmm. K. I want to be able to go to school that I feel comfortable at, knowing that I'm going to be a star on that team. That's something that's important, man. I think a lot of people are seeing that now with guys like Jaw and a lot of these guys. It's like you go to the school that, like, truly puts you in, in the best situation to be the best you. And obviously, it turns out to where you can see yourself high in the draft, like John Morant was. And you see Brand Clark kind of, a lot of those kind of guys do that kind of idea. About all the high school players out there, is there necessarily one high school player like you'd really want to team up with sometime during your high school career? Man, I don't know. Honestly, no one as of right now. But mm-hmm. probably, you know, I probably, I don't know, Sierra Canyon in the making, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just, just throw that out. Yeah, that definitely be something fun. That's especially long term playing like guys like Brawny and so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how about out of all the players in college right now, is there someone that you kind of like looked up to or you like to play with alongside? Um, I mean, he just he just got into the draft, but Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that man. I'm I don't know. He really slept on, bro. I mean, that mm-hmm. that dude is different, bro. I mean, different. Like he's gonna be suited for the NBA. Honestly, for like he's gonna be ready. Out of everybody oh, yeah. in the draft, I mean, the dude can shoot. The dude is six eight, can handle the rock, and get to the basket. I feel like if if you can shoot at a high level in the NBA. It, I feel like the game just comes easier because, I mean, mm-hmm. someone's going to play up on you. You're just going to be able to get by them, you know what I mean? And plus, yeah. six eight. I mean, I feel like he just honestly slept on. He can, he can shoot like Curry and get to the basket, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, definitely that's something that works for a lot of people. It's like they might not do as well in high school or college or something, but, like, as the levels go up, they get better and more like – it's more like their game once you get to the highest level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, to everyone in the NBA, is that someone you kind of would love to play with if you could? Uh, I, I love Paul George. That's my favorite player, man. Mm-hmm. Like him and Cam Reddish play alike. If Cam Reddish is played more on the defensive side, they'll be exactly the same. You know, they kind of have the same body type. They do the same stuff, shoot at a high level, get to the basket at a high level. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, don't know, I, like, I love Paul George. You know, yeah, no he's, doubt. He's a down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when did you first originally start playing basketball? Uh, I want to believe I started. I started playing when I was only like three. I used to go to. Mm-hmm. I used to go to work. You know, uh, Jazz Johnson. He goes to Nevada right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, he's from Oregon. You know, that's my big bro. I mean, I, when I was like three, I used to him and my sister played on the same basketball team. Okay. And, you know, my sister was, was good. You know, like mm-hmm. real good. So I mean, I used to always go to workouts with all of them. Like when I was young, and do like the stuff they was doing, like actually dribbling the ball. So like when everyone, any, anyone walked in that was new, was just like, whoa, like who's this little kid? You know, like handling the rock, doing like two ball, two ball drills and stuff like that, just like they were doing. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, awesome. I probably started when I was like three or four years old. That's awesome. So what's one part of the game you really worked on and try to improve on this summer? Um, honestly, I just work on getting stronger because, I mean, you know, I'm pretty skinny right now. But <laughs> try to just you know, <laughs> get stronger, just be more consistent as in, like, my shot. 
and shooting a lot. Mm. Just trying to get, yeah, those are the main two things. Be more consistent and and get stronger. Because like once I get stronger, yeah, everything's gonna come easier. My shooting, my touch is gonna come easier. Getting to the basket gonna come easier. All that. Absolutely. So, is there what part of your game do you really like take the most pride in? Or you really know like that's your strong suit when you go into a game. Um, probably say just. I'm like unpredictable, you know what I mean. I feel like I'm like mm-hmm. unpredictable. Like they don't they don't know how to guard me because I can get to the basket and I can shoot. I'll say probably my shooting because like everybody doesn't expect you know someone to be tall to be able to like handle. I mean that's a normal thing in AAU, but usually like say someone tall, there's not many money baits that someone that can like really shoot and mm-hmm. get to the basket. See, so like no, they no. they they don't know how to guard that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's definitely something that when you look at, like, especially in the NBA, it's like, that's kind of thing that every team is looking to build a team around. I mean, obviously, it's like your point four. I mean, LeBron kind of started it, but now you got guys, and Kevin Durant, but now you got guys like Ben Simmons and Giannis and all that, where it's exactly. like Luka. I mean, a lot of these guys, like, you want them to be able to do everything on the court, be your point yeah. guard kind of guy, be your point four at the same time, which is definitely a big time thing for modern day basketball. Man, hey, no cap. If Giannis could shoot, he would be the best <laughs> player right now in the NBA, hands down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that hands would be scary. Down. The other thing, I mean, looking at you would be, like, if Ben Simmons could add, I'm not saying I don't think he could be as great as Giannis necessarily, but if he could add a shot, I mean, you're talking about, I'd say, a locked-in top 10 player, if not top five. Oh, yes, because he would be able to post up little guards and just shoot right over them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, if that man. shot starts falling, that would be scary. Both him and, I mean, at least, I feel like Giannis will be breaking out of that slump, and not a slump, but that shooting soon. I mean, last year, obviously, out of the mid-range, but, I mean, I yeah. think, I mean, we, everyone knows he's working hard right now. I mean, if he has that three-point shot, even just like an average level where it, it's like a 35 or above point, three-point shooter, uh, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, who would you say would have been the best player you've ever played with? Probably like, you know, Bronny, Ja, Coy, and all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or high school-wise, Marcus Ahonis. He's going to uh, – He's going to be a freshman at Washington at UW with, like, uh, Jaden McDaniels and all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in your opinion, who's been the best player you've ever played against? Probably Terrence Clark. Mm-hmm. Played him at EYBL last year. That okay. boy was giving us stress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely a monster. I think he just keeps coming higher and higher up on the stage. I mean, more and more people keep learning about him, and it's scary. Exactly. I mean, who's kind of been like his NBA team that you've kind of always looked to, like, been called your favorite team, if, or is it just, like, you kind of like players? Uh, Honestly, I don't even watch NBA like that, to be honest. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Like, everybody be like, like, you play basketball and you don't watch NBA. I don't know. I don't really watch NBA. I, I keep, like, ESPN. I keep up with, like, people's stats and all that, what people do. Mm-hmm. But like, technically, I don't really know. I don't really have, like, a favorite team or, like, a favorite – like a, yeah, I don't really have a favorite team. I only like. Okay. I usually like watch like all the top players, like see what they're doing, like their stats and all that. Mm-hmm, no doubt. Did you see any of the free agency stuff? Yeah, bro, that was crazy, bro. Kawhi mm-hmm. and Paul George to L.A. to Clippers, <laughs> then Bron, freaking A.D. Rondo. Mm-hmm. Who else? They added a whole. They added a whole team, bro. Mm-hmm. Boogie. Yeah. Green. Yeah. And Warriors got D'Lo. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, thing is, like, how are they going to work him in? Because Clay, Clay's yeah. going to come back, like, probably, like, half of the season. 
all-star break or something, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't know how they're going to fit D'Lo and Clay because they're the same position, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think, like, just – I just don't know how Steph Curry and him and D'Lo work because, like, I know a lot of people – of course, I'm not saying – Steph Curry can obviously shoot and D'Lo can too, but, like, at the same time, they both need the ball in their hands. I mean, a lot of people say, well, Curry and KD did it, but that's a little bit different. Like, KD's your forward that just – he just – somehow automatically has the ball in his hand, like off rebounds, that kind of stuff. But I mean, D'Lo and Curry, both the guys that set up the offense. So I think exactly. that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, and then like you said, once Clay comes back, I mean, at least, you know, he's going to be able to just shot, like he's going to do it, what he needs to do. But for the other two, I mean, I, that's why I see, I mean, I don't know how long D'Lo will be a member of Warriors. I mean, we'll obviously have to see as time tells. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hey, but I, I think, I think the Kyrie and KD thing, I, I think that's going to work. Obviously, I think it's gonna be good for Kyrie to get a whole year of like experience, you know. But I mean, obviously, adding KD is gonna be something special too when he comes back. Oh yeah, I think I think that's gonna be crazy. Like that duo is gonna mm-hmm. be crazy. I know. I mean, when I hear a lot of people say that Brooklyn might not make the playoffs this year, I, mean, I don't know how it's possible. I, mean, I know Kevin Durant's not playing, but it's like Kyrie. I, I mean, we can't sugarcoat. I mean, obviously, he wasn't the best teammate and leader. Obviously, something wasn't right in Boston, but they still were the four seed. It's not like they were out of the playoffs or something, so. Yeah. So who has kind of been the role model in your life that's kind of impacted you the most, I'd say? Probably my mom, honestly, because my, my mom and my dad, you know, they do so much for me to be able to, you know, do what I want to do, to be able to, like, you know, reach my goals, to be able to, like, chase my goals. So, mm-hmm. honestly, them too, because, you know, they do a lot. They, you know, they pay for their flights, their hotel, and all yeah. that. You know, they take time out of their day to, you know, make sure I go to, Cairo, make sure, you know, I get a massage, make sure all that stuff, you know, make sure. And plus my brother too, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he does all that too. He always, he calls me every day, texts up, make sure I'm doing my stretches, make sure I'm going to work out, you know, waking up at a certain time. There's all that little stuff, you know, I really, I mean, I really cherish that stuff. Cause you know, that's, I you know, that's why I really want to make it to leagues. You know, I'd be able to repay them all back for, you know, you know, bringing me into this world. Absolutely. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people, like, in terms of, like, people that watch the game of basketball, honestly, look at, like, realize how impactful families truly are. I mean, the drive they give everyone and be able to push them is always, I mean, it's always, un, like, it's just something special you can't really repay. Yeah. How has God actually helped you the most throughout your career, and how has that actually happened in your life? I mean, he just, he blessed me with his body, you know. He blessed me with being who I am today, you know. Mm-hmm. Put me in this position to be able to, you know, do what I want to do at a, you know, how to, at a high level. So I, mm-hmm. I thank him for that. No doubt. Absolutely. I mean, there's always so many blessings that God gives us. Just make sure we always do it the right way. And obviously it comes out true and we see it, how great he truly is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely been great chopping it up with you, my guy. And I can't wait to see God's, what he's got in store for you in the future. God bless. All right, bro. Thanks for having you too, bro. Appreciate it, bro. You guys already heard my opinion on who should have the jerseys retire and hang in the rafters. Well, how about who in the NBA right now will make the Hall of Fame or could make the Hall of Fame down the line? There's only one way to find out, so stay tuned, everyone, because there's some big time things I cannot wait to get into. Coming up right after this. Alright, so let's break it down and talk about some of the players in the NBA right now who are on track or who have already clinched a spot in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. So let's talk about the locked in players. As of right now, I think the head of it all would be LeBron James. I think he's the epitome of what a Hall of Fame player is. He's a, Really, he's the definition of what his greatest player of all time is. If we're going to get into that topic, we can, but that's what i got to say there. 
obviously before we're going to consider Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, all of them are going to the Hall of Fame. Just it, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? That doesn't need to be debated. They're not really in the league anymore, so that part doesn't mean anything as of right now. Vince Carter, though, he's in the Hall of Fame as well. Other obvious ones we can go down. Kevin Durant. I think that's quite obvious. He's going to continue to go into where he could considerably and possibly become the greatest player of all time if you want to consider that. I think that's very likely for him. Another player, Steph Curry, obviously, hasn't got the finals MVP. He's the only really big accolade in terms of making himself a historical all-time great point guard. Passing, possibly surpassing Magic Johnson. It's always really missing. James Harden's got an MVP. I think that more than secures the ballot for him. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul, just one of the great all-time point guards. He definitely is in the category as he continues to pad the stats in terms of steals, assists, all that kind of stuff. It's going to continue to build on his legacy. Pau Gasol as well is another obvious one. Locked in there. NBA champion. A great player. Obviously, was alongside Kobe Bryant for a lot of his time out in L.A. Big-time player there. Kawhi Leonard. Two-time Finals MVP, two-time NBA champion. I don't think there's much debate there. I think Marcus Salt, along with him, also is now an MVP. Him and his brother both are. I mean, Marcus Salt getting that ring is huge for him in terms of his history and what he's going to try accomplishing. I mean, I truly believe that Marcus Salt is going to be in the Hall of Fame. That when we look back at it, and then Paul George, I think he's one ring away from being as close to an NBA an NBA Hall of Famer as you can be. I mean, I think he is in the Hall of Fame. That's just numbers of what he's done, but I think he is maybe missing that at the ring, but we'll see. Now, here's two debatable ones. I know a lot of people might debate me on. First one is Dwight Howard. Well, he last year in the NBA Finals. He was just absolutely, I mean, he's been a monster for the majority of his time. Even when he was playing out in Charlotte, he was a beast. He was playing incredible basketball at Charlotte. I just don't know what happened this year. It's obviously up and down, being traded to Brooklyn, bought out, Washington, the injury. Yes, how we're going to put it. I mean, I'm just not sure exactly what went down there. But Dwight Howard is a Hall of Fame player, in my opinion. That other one is Carmelo Anthony. That's not even debatable, I don't think. If you really want to debate that, go ahead. But he's one of the greatest all-time scorers in NBA history. End of story. Most likely, guys, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he probably could say already did it. Is a final. He did win an MVP. It's very likely. You could very well say that. I think you continue to build that to where he's one of the greatest players of all time. As Mook just talked about, he had the jump shot. He's going to be probably the best player in the NBA right now, if not ever. Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, both just because of the rings, I think he's in there. And I think Damian Lillard pretty much is locked in as well. I just, If he gets a ring, I think it's going to absolutely make him one of the greatest point guards of all time if he's able to achieve that. But I think he's in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't really matter. I just don't know if it'll be first ballot for him. Now, borderline guys, Kyle Lowry. He is an NBA champion now. Starting point guard. Very good player. Multiple-time All-Star. He'll be very much borderline. Same with Al Horford. Al Horford? He's been great. Now, he's not an NBA champion. He gets that in Philadelphia. I think that just secure him. Kemba Walker, he needs that ring. If he can get that at Boston, that'd be huge. Or at least just plays very well at Boston. I think he'll get that. Kyrie Irving, he has the ring. He just needs to keep playing a few more years in the NBA. And I can say he's more and more achieved and like that. Same, same thing with Blake Griffin. He's absolutely a, a stud. He needs maybe another deeper playoff run to secure that as well. Kevin Love is an NBA champion. A great score rebounder, obviously, as we know. I think he's pretty close to blocking that in. Maybe just getting a few more different accolades added to his resume. I think he'll be there. Andre Gidala, Finals MVP, multiple-time champion. Done great things. as both a six-man starter and also in the league. I mean, Iguodala is the Hall of Fame, I believe. But he is still on the border. Paul Millsap is missing a ring from making the Hall of Fame. Same thing with Mike Conley. Mike Conley has the stats. I just don't know if he has the ring. And Zach Randolph is on the same boat. Now, DeAndre Jordan, once he, a lot of these guys, if they get a ring, they're going to be boosted in the deck. Just, 
They're really, really good players, but they need that ring of that accolade that's going to boost them to the next level. DeAndre Jordan? Yes, I do think DeAndre Jordan is going to potentially be a Hall of Famer, especially if he wins a ring out in Brooklyn. Anthony Davis, right now, I don't he's on the border, but he will be a Hall of Famer once all said and done. Same thing with DeMarcus Cousins. If they both get a ring in L.A., I think they're going to win and be in a Hall of Fame at some point. Now, Jamal Crawford is someone that's really interesting to look at. With Jamal Crawford, his stats aren't necessarily as great as all the other guys, but he's got that Marginobi kind of feel. Now, he doesn't have the rings, which might hurt, so I say Clippers must sign him. Clippers should bring him back. I don't know how a man that just dropped 50 can't get the tension and get a roster spot. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. It makes my mind just... I don't understand it. He dropped 50. Don't, don't even consider the age. He looks exactly like he did when he was 20 years old. Jamal Crawford can score. At the very least, he's not going to cause a single issue in the locker room. He'll be perfect for L.A. They need to start bringing him back. Now, here's a lot, list of guys they're going to see. Joel Embiid will make it down the line. He just needs to keep playing. Jimmy Butler, he needs a ring, and he'll be able to probably make it. John Wall, come back. He needs to be back and come back and put up one or two productive years. I don't know if that will happen. Or ring walls would be very beneficial, of, as well as he's starting. Carthony Towns and Nikola Jokic are both great young players on the road. Rondo, if he wins a ring with LA, I think he's in there. Rudy Gay will be very much debatable. He might need a ring, a few more rings. I think he's unlikely, but he has a chance, though. Rudy Gobea keeps his defensive stuff up. You'll see him in the Hall of Fame stuff one day. Same thing on Andre Drummond. Just keeps breaking these rebound records. He might be, leave the NBA being the all-time leading rebounder, and obviously he'll be a Hall of Fame player then. Now, Brooke Lopez, he needs to reset 20K, which he potentially could. Absolutely, and win a ring, he'll be in there. Last person, Derrick Rose. Will he become one of the only MVPs, if not the first MVP, to ever not make the Hall of Fame? I don't believe so. I think him reviving his career in Minnesota last year really helped his chances. If he can win a six-man of the year, at least make the final three, or do something big-time in Detroit, if maybe he takes Reggie Jackson's spot, you might be seeing some big-time things. But Derrick Rose, I think, will be in the Hall of Fame. But you have to consider him, since he has one MVP. That's what I got for the Hall of Fame players. Yes, are there some players that might be missing? Debatable? Yes. But at the end of the day, this is who I see. And I think it's pretty darn locked in and solid there. I think there's going to be a lot of shifting from the young players, obviously, have the potential of making it. We'll just have to see as it's their careers unfold. But that being said, that is who I've got in the Hall of Fame as of right now in the NBA. Not a lot of moves, but I think LA Clippers made a big move that could portray them to move up in the power rankings. Who else got extended this week? Another big time player, and this is a hidden gem that Memphis just discovered. Stay tuned to see who I think about them. Oh, and a couple guys have yet to been signed, and I have an opinion about why they're not being signed and my thoughts about what needs to be done with them in their current status. All coming up next, you're not going to miss it. So the first sign that's occurred since I last talked to you guys was Marco Guterich. He's coming over now. He's going to sign Memphis for a two-year, $5.3 million deal. Provide some nice depth at the guards, a small four. He's a sharpshooter. Really good European player. I do think he's going to be able to come over and contribute. Memphis did get a good piece there. Go look up a mixtape of him. Go see his highlights. He really is a good player. Hustle on defense, can shoot lights out, and has a little bit, quite a bit of athletic, to be honest. I think he's going to be a good player for Memphis. They got a nice little overseas steal there. Other deal. Patrick Patterson continues to shake up of Oklahoma's roster. He is now leaving the master degree to buy on his $5.3 million deal left from this year. Sub the LA Clippers a one-year minimum contract. Provides some very valuable depth to the Clippers. And think about it. Patterson was a great player and a big-time free agent signing for Oklahoma when he first came over from Toronto. Obviously, never panned out in Oklahoma. So I think if he can still pan out and play and get in the right system in LA, it will be huge for them. He's a very under-the-radar sign that people are not taking a lot of notice in. I do disagree that they're not doing that. 
because I think he can come out perfect modern day player. Stretch the four and shoot. Perfect. Another signing, Sandarius Thornwell, not one year non guaranteed deal to the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. Good player for the LA Clippers. Provides some nice depth. Obviously had a nice March Madness run with South Carolina. We'll see what he can do if he can make the roster or not. But that is a nice signing there. But the big news of this past few days has been Draymond Green signing the max extension of the Golden State to a four-year, $100 million deal. Takes off one of the big chips, as I said, for next year. I expected, I called it, Draymond was going to sign that deal with Golden State. Obviously, Golden State has now got four max deals on the on the, on the the roster. Not sure how it's going to pan out long-term. We'll definitely have to see. It'll be very, very interesting. But Draymond is indeed locked up for four years and $100 million. There'll be lots of moves going to keep, continue to sign. I mean, obviously, I'm going to talk about Actually, I don't want to talk about this real quick. I don't understand. I talked a little about Jer- Jamal Crawford, but the other guy, Jeremy Lin. How is he not being signed? Absolutely ridiculous. He's nothing but perfect for a locker room. I love Jared Dudley, and look what Jared Dudley's doing. He's got he's on the NBA roster with the LA Lakers because of the veteran men- mentality. And no disrespect, disrespect to Jared Dudley. I love the guy, but Jeremy Lin's a better player. He can he can score. He was just scoring 11 points per game out of Atlanta. Yes, that's Atlanta. But you're telling me he can't at least be a second or third string? Point guard for a team? A good or bad team? Absolutely ridiculous. Jeremy Lin is a great player. He needs to be signed. Of course, Carmelo Anthony, I'm in the same boat. He needs to be signed. I don't care what you guys want to say. Yes, he can still get buckets and he looks like he's ready to accept it. If what is true, I- I'll talk about this in a little bit. But obviously, that's what I got. There'll be some big time signings. I still think there's going to be a few trades. Beal has yet to accept the extension for the max deal from Washington. So expect a lot of movement still to be going down. But that's what I got for this. Little short stint in terms of what's going on in the NBA and free agency. Coming up next, it's a fan favorite. You guys aren't going to miss what I have to say in shoes zone as I hit some topics up that the media did not cover enough. What did Kevin Love call? What does he say about LeBron James? How about John Wall? What's his status and what his thoughts are on his contract? Sounds other offers? The Carmelo Anthony first take interview. Oh, Team USA continues to lose players? And the schedule? Well, some of it's been leaked. We'll have to save all that coming up next on Shoes On. You're not going to miss it. So I want to kick it off with Kevin Love call, saying that LeBron did call a 3-1 to one comeback. If you guys haven't seen that interview, go check it out. It was really incredible. I mean, Kevin Love also has had an incredible summer. He's having a big stance against what's going down with just saying, shoot hoops, not people. Completely agree with that. Not getting political, just being honest. But Kevin Love called LeBron James. He said he called he, LeBron James called a three to one comeback and how it was going to go down and that's obviously what happened in the finals a few years ago. Great read, great stuff, and Kevin Love obviously is a great character and a great person in the NBA. But it was a great interview. Go check it out if you guys haven't already. Now John Wall said I deserve that contract, referring to Supermax deal in which he hasn't going to play really many games in that. Now I also talked about Bradley Beal saying Bradley's a very smart guy. He's going to do what's best for himself and the organization. In regard in regards to Bradley Beal staying on member of Washington Wizards. Wall wants another year to be able to prove that they can still win. My thing is this. John Wall's a great player. But prior to the injury, John Wall did not look very good. If you guys all remember, he was looking out of shape and Wizards were a mess. Now, he's still always known as an athletic player, a very fast player. But tearing your Achilles when you're a guard that's athletic is career-ending. Now, is that saying that I don't think John Wall can come back from this? No. But is it very, very unlikely? Yes. That being said, I wish John Wall the best, but I just don't know. I think Washington might be in some big trouble with that contract. I don't know if they're going to move it or not, but we will have to see. 
Now, Zion Williamson also reportedly had $18 million plus per year offers from Lean Ning, who were on the sponsors of NBA players like Dwayne Wade and Puma. Obviously, we know what they've been doing. He also declined them both to go Jordan as that was his favorite player growing up. Now, Carmelo Anthony. I want some stuff about this. He's talked about the Houston issue. How he's fine coming off the bench, but when he signed on that he signed the dotted line on that contract, he was being told, You're the missing piece to this team. That being said, they were expecting Carmelo thought they were expecting Carmelo Anthony, not a bench player. And when he got benched, he was never ever told that he's being benched. So that's how mutually parted ways. Obviously it's not really anything to blame on Carmelo. If that's the true story, it's nothing to blame on Carmelo. Talk about him signing with Chicago Bulls, almost done deal. Also with Miami, but especially Chicago. Derek Rose joking no, but they said things are not right. Turn away, obviously returning to New York, in which he then talked about that. He was forced out of New York, as we kind of figured. That's what we talked about there. But Melo did say this interesting. He has talked to him and his reps to the Lakers, Clippers, and Portland, along with other teams. I think he will be signed before the start of the season. Especially after that interview, I think that's going to really open up GM's eyes to say, hey, Carmelo, I think can still ball. I think we should really consider this. Now, I've been out getting this a lot of updates about Team USA as well. Julius Randle and Landers Shamath also now dropped out. Torrey Craig is the only guy that we've seen replace them now. This is really getting down to not a lot of guys, but um, we'll see what goes down. Now, the NBA schedule has been released. The opener is scheduled for October 22nd with the Lakers and Clippers playing and the Raptors versus Pelicans. Interesting games, but big-time games, especially that Lakers and Clippers one. Now, revenge games. you got Kyrie Irving on November 27th, along with Anthony Davis on November 27th. November 14th, you're going to see Chris Hatz returning to New York. On December 11th, Kawhi Leonard will return to Toronto. And Russell Westbrook will return January 9th to obviously play the his beloved Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, other stuff from the schedule, you got to see about Christmas Day games, which I am upset about. I am i don't understand this, and I'll get talk about them. Lakers, Clippers, fabulous. That game is going to be one of the best Christmas games you might ever see if everyone's playing healthy. Also, Bucks and Sixers. Fabulous. Couldn't have named that better. There's a perfect matchup to the top teams in the East. Absolutely love it. Now, Golden State and Houston, it could be good, but also could be a mess. I don't know how D'Angelo and, and Steph Curry will work out. We'll have to see, but if that's not working out, and obviously Oklahoma and Houston's not working out with Westbrook and Harden, that could be a mess, but we'll have to see there. But here's the thing. Pelicans and Nuggets. Nuggets are great. Jokic fine, whatever, but Zion Williams is the reason they got the Christmas Day game, and is Zion... Going to be a superstar right now. We haven't seen the game yet. Do I think he will be great? Yes. But have we even seen a game yet to say he gets a Christmas Day game? I, I don't know. Especially when you're looking at teams like Utah Jazz. With, with the crew, they got Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Inglis, Boyan Bogdanovich, Deontay Exum, Miriam Moutier, Royce O'Neal, and company. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. And also, you're looking at Portland Trailblazers, who they are building out there. Legit contenders, and we're putting New Orleans in there. Where I wouldn't say they're contender. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe that team does click and Zion is a superstar right out the get-go. Ingram takes a huge step and is healthy. Lonzo takes a huge step and is healthy. Holiday plays some of his best basketball. Favors, it's just Derek Favors. I mean, they could be good. But will that still be a contender? I do not know. But here's what kills me. I get Toronto's the reigning champions, but come on. You're telling me we would rather see Kyle Lowry play Kemba Walker than we'd rather see Kyrie playing Boston? It's Brooklyn response. Brooklyn's way better than Toronto anyways from the start. I don't know why we're debating that, but Kyrie returned and played block. I'm shocked by that, folks. I don't understand it. Finally, the Warriors' home opener is tentatively scheduled for for the um, October 24th against the LA Clippers. Obviously, we don't know because that's the first game in the new building. 
it will be interesting to see what goes down there, but that is what the Golden State Warriors have in store, potentially to see their first game in their new stadium. That being said, that's what I got for Shoe Zone on this episode 31. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today on Shoes Views episode 31. I hope you guys all enjoyed it as much as I did. That being said, though, Friday, I got another episode dropping. You're not going to miss it as I continue to strive for greatness in the North Coast Blue Chip series. And it's truly going to be something you guys are not going to miss. Also, that being said, I got some more stuff going on and only one way to stay up to date. Next, you can follow me on at Zach Shoemaker, both Instagram and Twitter. Like my Facebook page, at She's Views Zach Shoemaker. Go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please do that. If you guys want to listen to a breakdown, go like my page. Or go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure to like, comment, everything at the breakdown. It's truly where you're not going to miss that breakdown highlight plays from the top players in the country. Then, you're not going to miss so much more. All of and more coming up. Go make sure to go follow me along with that, though. No matter what platform you may be listening to, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, whatever maybe to continue to spread the shoes views brand it is something that truly means the most to me and i truly would like you guys all be a part of this movement that being said though everyone go live the light shoes is out i want everyone to go be the light in this world of darkness and god bless